Hey, welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now look, I, I don't think it was a great week for Rogers. Those customers were hit by nationwide outages earlier on. And I think it has a lot of us thinking about the state of competition here in Canada amid Rogers and Shaw's efforts to merge. Our guest today has unique insight into the country's telecom industry, having founded and led Wind Mobile before it was acquired by Shaw back in 2016. Anthony Lacavera is the founder and chairman of Global Live. And Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me on, Tyler. So we saw this week's Rogers outage. It wiped out service for millions of people. I'm, I'm wondering, what do you think it means, you know, if the country was relying on an ever dwindling number of wireless providers after we saw what happened this week? Yeah, I think this outage, uh, fortunately, Tyler, there was no really serious or life-threatening consequences except for those looking for 911 services, which, of course, is a very significant issue. Um, but I think uh, that what we saw was how important uh, wireless networks really are to our economy these days. Uh, if we think back to uh, 2G and 3G uh, prior to the current fourth generation or 4G technology, Really, our economy has moved online over the past 15, 20 years and moved in the last 15 years really to a mobile economy uh, where now so many things are just happening on mobile, uh, mobile networks that this disruption uh, affected virtually every corner of the economy. And I think it really hopefully highlights for all of us how critical these networks are and how important the survivability of them is and when you think forward now into a 5g world this is where it becomes even more consequential when we start looking at the 5g applications including things like remote surgeries where uh, people in more remote areas will be able to have surgical procedures done uh, using uh, real-time uh, technologies uh, leveraging 5g networks where you can have the best practitioners in the world connected to patients all around the world and, and I think things like that, uh, including other things like autonomous vehicles, uh, uh, relying on a lot of 5G infrastructure for signals between vehicles and between smart city infrastructure, and then coming to smart city infrastructure and smart grid technologies, you can really see when you start thinking about all these applications that are coming with 5G uh, or fifth generation wireless that's uh, upon us these days, that an outage like this would be very, very problematic uh, and much more severe uh, in the future. So I think this really just puts us in a place where we've got to ensure these wireless networks don't have these kinds of outages. Um, it's clearly becoming as important as the electricity grid uh, and, and, and an outage uh, as consequential as, a, as an electricity outage. Well, you, you bring up 5G and we're, we're going to have spectrum auctions, I, I think in June, uh, coming up pretty soon in Canada. And so I, I wonder what you think you know, the, the ability for some of the smaller players is going to be to compete with a lot of these big giants. Like you spent a long time trying to like build up what, you know, we're thinking is going to be kind of this fourth big national player ac across Canada. Right. I'm just wondering where you think things stand right now for a competition. Well, look, I think Tyler, this is really not a good outcome for competition or Canadian consumers. I think this uh, reduces the number of players. You, you lose the fourth carrier. Uh, in markets like Ontario, uh, that when that the former Wind Mobile, now Freedom Mobile, operates in, being Ontario, BC, and Alberta, um, and and that can only mean uh, higher prices and uh, a de decline in the customer experience as as 
the big players face less competition. So I, I think that this is a, a bad day for consumers to see the fourth carrier go. And I think it's also a bad day for jobs in the telecom industry because there are so many synergies that this consolidation will, will drive in the industry. Um, and I think, I think from an investment perspective, though, I think, uh, I think I actually think it could be a positive for uh, investment in 5G infrastructure, 5G networks. Uh, it, 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 uh, at the same time that you take pressure off the margins, operating margins of the, the, the incumbents by allowing them to raise prices with reduced competition, they can then, of course, more quickly divert profits to invest in 5G infrastructure. So I actually think it's positive from a 5G uh, uh, infrastructure perspective. But in terms of prices and customer experience and innovation, I think uh, all those are going to take a hit. Well, what do you make of the ruling or the decision from the CRTC last week with regards to N and and VNOs? Uh, you know, with regards to getting a lot more of these regional carriers, not necessarily like new players, but kind of established regional carriers, being able to kind of piggyback on the established networks. I, I've heard some criticism about that, but what's your take on that being able to kind of introduce additional competition? Look, I, I think the decision on M. VNOs or mobile virtual network operators is a positive one. Uh, the reason I think that is just because like we're just talking about already from the top of this conversation, we need more investment in 5G infrastructure. We don't need more people reselling on the, uh, the facilities-based operators networks. Uh, that's just not constructive to investment for the facilities-based operators. So what we really want is an independent fourth carrier in every single market in Canada. And by independent, I see that, I, I define independent as a carrier that does not have any of the legacy businesses that companies like Shaw or Rogers or Ballard Telus have. Remember, by legacy businesses, I mean the cable business, the home phone business, the home internet business. When you think about it, Tyler, all of those businesses uh, to certain and varying degrees are, are facing erosion in, 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 as more and more people cut the cord and go all wireless, which is, you know, the, 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 and especially with 5G is the promise of the future to have these uh, wireless connections that are as fast or much faster than even the fastest uh, uh, fiber connections or, or fixed connections. So uh, all, those, all those players, uh, all, the, all the big players and all the regional cable operators like Shaw, like Videotron, like Eastlink and, and the cable business, like Bell, like Telus, like Rogers in the, in the national business, all of them have con are, are conflicted in that regard. And so I think the presence of a true independent carrier, one that does not have any of those other legacy businesses is critically important. We did have that with wind, now Freedom Mobile, um, uh, prior to it uh, being owned by Shaw when, when I was the founder and CEO of Wind, in the time that, that it was an independent carrier, which was from 2009 to 2015, prices came down over 20% everywhere Wind was operating. And, and that's just a, an incredible benefit. Whether you were a Wind customer or not, you saw prices come down 20%. If you stayed with Rogers or Bell or Telus, you had the benefit of a lower rate plan as you renewed your plan. Um, and of course, all the wind customers themselves got the benefit directly. Um, and, and so I think that that's what we really need to see, not MVNOs or mobile virtual network operators. We need to see facilities-based competitors in every market and, if, and at least one facilities-based competitor like a wind mobile uh, that has no other businesses. So as soon as wind was acquired by Shaw and became Freedom, in my mind, it was no longer a real competitor.
uh, it was still a fourth carrier and, and it still offered a choice within the markets it was operating in, but it was now in the world of Shaw, which includes those legacy cable businesses, home phone businesses, and internet businesses that of course they don't want to see cannibalized by wireless, if that makes sense. So I don't know, I, th this might be a little out there, but I'm curious about your thoughts. Like, what do you think the chances are that Ottawa might force, you know, Shaw to divest itself of Freedom Mobile if they want to move forward with this uh, merger with Rogers? Is, is that even on the table? I'm not, I mean, I, I don't know how the regulators are looking at it, but just speaking as a Canadian consumer at this point, I'm not an executive in the industry or a founder in the industry anymore. Just speaking as an, as a, as an interested Canadian, uh, with some uh, some uh, some knowledge of the of the sector, uh, I, I would like to see a an, a fourth carrier policy that ensures we have an independent operator in every single market. So, whether that means you take Freedom Mobile out of Shaw, or whether that means you grant a new license for a new fourth carrier to start up in Ontario and BC and Alberta, you know, there's a, a big debate that has to happen over that, uh, and probably both could work. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say that, you know, any kind of divestiture of freedom is necessary. Um, but I do think using this opportunity of this acquisition by Rogers as an opportunity for Canadians to really speak up now and say, here's what we want in terms of our wireless. And we know how important it is. We know what's coming down the pike in terms of 5G applications. This is really going to impact all aspects of my life. It's so important for my family to be able to access all these 5G, me and my family to access all these 5G applications. I want real independent competition in every market, not MVNOs. And I don't want the sub-brands of Bell, Telus and Rogers to be passed off as competition anymore either. Uh, Fido and Kudo and Chatter and all these brands that we hear uh, are passed off as a choice for consumers when really they're all, as you, as you know, all owned 100% by Bell, Telus and Rogers. So what would be the key to ensuring that there is a fourth legitimate independent you know, competitor in all the Canadian markets? Does the government have to step in and, and maybe look at some of these spectrum auctions or, or is there another way we can go about it? I think it's a combination of things. I think we need to think about the spectrum for sure. You're, you're absolutely right. Ensuring that a an independent carrier uh, has sufficient spectrum is, is certainly a prerequisite. But we also have to look at the tower sharing and the roaming regimes in Canada. You know, in, in markets like the US, uh, tower sharing is a very common thing. And, and what tower sharing means is instead of having Bell, Telus and Rogers all build three independent cell sites or, or towers, we create a policy that, that facilitates and encourages sharing of those, uh, the, uh, of one tower where you where instead of now building three, you're just building one uh, and, and that tower can be shared. And I would go further to say facilitating and encouraging into mandating, which is what I really think needs to happen. When we think about the environmental impact, uh, the proliferation of antennas uh, and cell sites and cell towers across the country uh, is really not something that anybody's excited to, to see happen. Everybody wants the, 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 the connectivity and the mobile internet to work uh, at the speeds we all want. So we need the sites, uh, the, the cell sites to, to be there uh, and the towers to be there uh, and the rooftops to be there, the rooftop cell sites to be there. But we can think about some more intelligent ways, I think, to consolidate some of the construction that's going to happen around 5G uh, and that can be achieved through sharing. Now, and, and on your question about roaming, I think that's that's a whole other area of discussion. I think it's a really good idea. 
I'm very happy with the CRTC's decision that they're enabling roaming for regional carriers. Um, I think that's a good idea. Uh, and, I, I'm, and I actually like the CRTC decision in terms of not permitting pure mobile virtual network operators, uh, uh, players that are not gonna invest in any infrastructure. When you look at those regional carriers that now can access roaming, they've all got significant investments in their local market where they're competing as a facilities-based carrier. So I think that that's, that's a positive. Um, but that's separate and distinct from needing a fourth independent carrier or operator in every market that does not have any legacy businesses. Well, what if we step back and let, let's pretend it's January of this year. It's before you know, Shaw and Rogers announced any plans to merge. Um, how would you, you know, kind of rate, I guess, competition in Canada versus you know, 10 years earlier? Uh, well, look, I think that unfortunately, the fourth carrier policy, the original one that, that I entered the market on uh, when, when um, uh, we created Wind Mobile uh, back in 2007, 2008, um, that, that sort of fourth carrier policy framework, I think it's, it's pretty clear has, has failed at this point. Um, if, this, if this transaction happens uh, and it happens without the uh, reincarnation, <laughs> however you want that to happen, without the recreation of, a, uh, of an independent fourth carrier, uh, in, in Ontario, BC, and Alberta, then I think that the policy will have failed. And so uh, certainly already though, even by having uh, the business owned by a, a company like Shaw, we've already seen the, the, the benefit of a true independent carrier being in the market going away over time, uh, simply because as I've been saying in this conversation, uh, Freedom Mobile is now just really part of the oligopoly um, being part of Shaw. Do you think it would ever be possible that we see, you know, like a, a, a foreign carrier come into Canada? I think it was T-Mobile that maybe made some efforts or poked around. And I think they just kind of threw their arms up and, and uh, gave up on that. But do you think that might ever be a possibility here in Canada? Well, I think, you know, many carriers have looked over the years and, and Tyler, many of them have come over the years. I mean, Sprint had quite a large business in Canada, not in the wireless business, but back in the uh, home phone, internet, long distance business. Um, AT&T uh, had a very big business here in Canada uh, back in the day uh, in, in, the, in the long distance business and, and, and also in the uh, business line and business internet connection business. Uh, so uh, uh, business phone line, I mean, and business internet connection. So they've come up, they have been here. Verizon actually looked at acquiring wind uh, circa 2013 and that caused Bell, Telus and Rogers, of course, to, you know, create quite a, a, a loud voice against allowing that type of transaction to happen. So the answer is, I think the US carriers will continue to, to, to look. I think that uh, further afield, further abroad, I think that um, Canada presents an interesting opportunity for international investment in this area uh, because the market um, you know, can be seen as, as quite uh, uh, expensive for consumers and businesses, and it just it just is, uh, and um, and the customer satisfaction scores are, you know, could could be higher. Uh, there's room for improvement, and and I think competition will always drive those uh, those consumer experiences and pricing uh, to a better place. Well, Anthony, I know I could pick your brain for another you know twenty minutes. Uh, I'll I'll let you go right now, but uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Tyler. We'll speak again soon.
Absolutely. That's Anthony Lacavera. He's founder and chairman of Global Live. And that is it for the show today. But you can go to BIV.com. More interviews and more stories there. For now, I want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Orton.